Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. What's up, everyone? And welcome back to another Jets episode where we talk about the 0-6 New York football Jets. Today's episode will end, will end, Alex, on what we saw against the Cardinals in week six get right game and who we will be paying attention to in the get right week seven Buffalo Bills game at the end. But we're not going to bury the lead here because the New York Jets are officially onto the offseason. Welcome, everyone, to the 2021 offseason. The tank is on. So today, we'll be focusing on Joe Douglas and, more specifically, what's going on with all these trades and veterans and his affinity for six-rounders and who we want to see move before the trade deadline, which is coming up right around the corner, and who we want to see be extended on this team for the future. But before we, get it, before we finish up, Alex, what do we have for et cetera today? Well, John, for et cetera today, we're going to talk, talk about the idea that you, you know, threw to me in a, in a text message about trading for Trevor Lawrence because, you know, he's still, as of right now, as of right now, he's still saying that he's coming out of college, ready to go to the NFL. So we got to talk about that, do a little deep dive for the et cetera portion. Cool, cool. So we'll, we're going to keep it a full Jets episode today. We'll be talking about the first round pick and et cetera, Trevor Lawrence, should he stay? Should the Jets ruin another quarterback? We'll get into it. But Ricey, let's go. All right, everyone. Welcome to week seven of the 2020 NFL season. But for us, it's the official official first day of the offseason. What's up, Alex? What's going on, John? What's happening today? Not much, man. How you doing? How's your week going so far? You know, week's going good so far. Chilling. But today's my birthday, bro. 31. The big 3-1. Uh, got a lot of love from all my family, my friends. Even you, my co-host, sent me a text message today early in the morning. I appreciate it. Got some surprising love from Twitter. Thank you to our recent guest or, yeah, recent guest on the next episode for uh, of this pod, uh, Jeffrey Campbell, for starting that whole trend. Got a lot of notifications, had my phone blowing up. Uh, shout out to you, bro. But yeah, man, just been chilling, enjoying the day, uh, ready to do this podcast. I was actually, just like you, I was ready to talk about Jets today, you know? I actually did something wild. Not actually, nothing wild. It's what I do before every podcast. I was just watching film of this team, and I'm just like, I got to come in with something to talk about for the uh, Dolphins because I'm not going to leave our fans help us out there, man. We're going to keep doing this coverage right. We're still going to, you know, do a little bit of talking, but, uh, you know, just want to do a touch on a quick few things for uh, the Jets, though, before you go into your big uh, situ- big thing. <laughs> I mean, I-, I, was, I was worried that Alex wouldn't want to come and talk about the Jets uh, when he's having a good day, like his birthday. But this guy's so sick, he's watching film today, too. So we'll definitely get into all that. 
I could just do a quick rundown of what I just want to say so we can get into your topics. Just no, of course, of course, of course we'll get into the film. But what's on everybody's mind, man, is the tank is on. The tank is on. The, the newest trade, which happened just hours ago, was Jordan Willis, who nobody's ever heard of. But for, for who, the people who have, he was waived from the Bengals last year. He played about 46 snaps for the Jets, which all mostly came against the Bills. Um he got traded for a 2022 seventh round pick and Willis for a sixth round 2022 pick to the Jets. That comes right after sending McClendon out with a 2023 seventh round pick back for another 2022 sixth round pick. Alex, what's the love of the six round picks in 2022 with Joe Douglas? What is he seeing that we don't know? He has to be looking at like some, I don't know. Uh, was the 2022 that's two years out? What are we looking at? Freshman and sophomore right now? Uh, it's in college. I guess he sees something somewhere. Um, I don't know. I think he's also just, this is just a pure definition of a fire sale, right? You're just getting rid of guys, not trying to make a lot of like serious negotiations and get as many assets as you can. But I don't know who, what you're really going to do with six rounders. Nothing really pans out in the sixth round. I, would, I think you can get more for like McClendon, like a little bit more, like maybe a fourth rounder. I don't know. Uh, no, yeah, I mean, a fourth rounder from McClendon's tough. Uh, he, he's, he's obviously going to retire after this year. Uh, and I wouldn't really call it a fire sale, man. At this point, it's really more of a garage sale. Right? We, got, we, got, we got some nice pieces. People looking to trade whatever they got in their pocket. Uh, that's kind of who what we're rolling with right now. But the McClendon deal, I'm glad you mentioned it. Um, he was a big proponent uh he was a big spotlight on one jets drive which we also uh highlighted in the early episodes of the Knicks jets etc podcast for sure yeah and mcclendon he's being treated right by by joe douglas right uh the jets especially uh and joe douglas have been getting some slack right um and they're never when we do something positive we're never talked about it so let's just highlight that real quick uh the buccaneers uh, Vita Vey, their nose tackle out for the year. Mm-hmm. McClendon, he's going to be a perfect fit in there. And he has a chance to play with Tom Brady, who he was our longest tenure Jet, by the way. So he gets to finally be on Tom Brady's team. Road to the championship. Uh, Joe Douglas is building relationships with uh, GMs and teams like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he's also building a relationship with players in McClendon there with that, with that trade because he has no loyalty to McClendon. He just came in, right? And he made the Jets a little bit better, right? We moved up, moved like maybe thirty spots, you know. So it, it, it doesn't—it's not glamorous, but that's that's what the good GM does, man. He just chips away. So just a couple nice pieces that they just chipping away, chipping away at the rebuild. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you got to chip away at the rebuild and look for the future of this team because it ain't here, it ain't now. We're zero and six. This entire like we just witnessed the Dolphins just run up and down us, right? We have no offense. We got no defense. Uh, we need, this is a full on rebuild, man. So you had to get rid of McClendon. We had, we're bringing in guys that maybe who can be around here, be part of like a core and just throwing a, we're essentially just doing a, throwing a flyer on some of these guys that we're getting. And that's really, that's really all it is at this point. There's nothing more to say about it. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of the same trajectory of cutting bell, right? Cutting bell, giving the chiefs, uh, you know, blessing them with a nice, player in Le'Veon Bell, another guy out of their backfield. And then at the same time, we kind of save ourselves any money that is paid 
to Bell this year, which is a two million, and any money next year will be offset from our books. So again, it's not glamorous, it's not great, but we're officially in a rebuild. Yeah, we are in a rebuild again. Yeah. So yeah, again, man. So that being said, besides the quarterback situation, which we'll get into, and etc. Um, are there any players that you are must stays like you, you like forget if this is a crazy compensation, but it generally like what players do you need to see on this team in the rebuild that you see, uh, in the, in the upwards trajectory of the jets in the coming years outside of the quarterback outside, outside of the quarterback. Cause we'll get to that conversation, uh, later. Honestly, Beckton, um, yeah, yeah, Beckton's the rook. He's not going anywhere. So, if we're, like, are we talking about everyone that we just drafted this year? Like, everyone that we drafted this year is probably just going to be sticking around. Sure. Talking about anyone in particular that's got to stay. I mean, I guess Q Will is one, and then um, Marcus May is the other one because we have. If we get rid of Marcus May, I don't think Ashton Davis is going to be playing center field like Marcus May. He looked really. He actually. As much as terrible as the Jets looked defensively, Marcus May did uh, look okay, even with that butt interception. Um, that was an amazing interception. Amazing interception, and notice that it's on brand for the New York Jets. We have the butt fumble, we have the butt interception, and we're the butt of every joke in the NFL. So we're just at the trifecta right now. But besides those two guys on the defense, <laughs> what did you say? So get all that crap out of my face. Yeah, um. but yeah, I agree with you, man. I think that Marcus May, in as a free safety, has finally got into his own spot. And with Jamal Adams gone, I mean, here's a, here's a chance to put a big C, big captain on Marcus May's jersey and give him that extension, right? And it, it honestly, you're gonna get a you're gonna get a discount. He hasn't been amazing. You saw the flashes of what he can do, and he's gonna build your team. And with the strong safety in Ashton Davis, free safety in Marcus May. I agree. Marcus May is my guy as well. Q will, I really need him to stay on the deal line. I really like what he's growing into. Uh, I, I, he's not like Leonard Williams at all. I know they have the same last name, right? I know they play the same position kind of, but honestly, they're, they're not the same player. He's been looking great. I really hope we keep him. Even if it's for first-round picks, we have draft stock, which we'll get into. Um, I really do hope to keep Q will. So, but, so I agree with you. Those two guys, and besides our young guys, our rookies, and our young wide receivers – that are like, you know, we don't really know uh, how they pan out. I do want to see Bless Austin stay on the squad uh, as, a, as, a, as a CB2. You know, CB2, CB3, like he, he's growing. You know what I mean? I, I don't want to just cut bait on him say, oh, you didn't pan out as a number one. Sorry, bro. You know, get out of here. Like the whole team stinks. You know what I mean? So like on an individual basis, he's, he's, had, he's had flashes. Um, so I kind of want to see Bless uh, stay with the squad as well. Okay. Yeah, I, I guess I'm not – a lot of these guys I'm not really sold on, man. Like, even Bless Austin, like, not really sold on. Like, he had – he's been okay. He, you know, like, he's still young. He's a rookie. We're going to keep him around. But honestly, if you told me that we are going to flip him for somebody, I wouldn't be too upset. There's very few guys right now on this team that I really – as I said, like, defensively, Q will, Marcus May, keep it. We're going to keep Becton. Um, we're going to talk about Darnold later. I get like even the running backs, meh. Like well, Michael Pirine, like uh, it's showing nothing to me yet. Yeah, yeah, he's staying. But what about um? We we won't get into too much of the offensive play talk. But do you think that 
anybody besides uh, Becton can hang. I mean, Van Rowan, I mean, hasn't been the worst. Those are all veteran guys. Like, the thing yeah. with veteran guys is that they want to compete and they want to contend. I got to look at their contracts again to see how long they're here, but we're probably going to have to move them to. We can get off of the guards. Honestly, we can get off of everyone besides the center, besides McGovern, really. So then McGovern's the only, McGovern's the only one, like, honestly, it's between the between McGovern and Fant and uh, Becton. That's been, like, the most sturdiest part of our O-line. The guards can just. Can not even the right tackle, though, honestly. Not even the right tackle. And that, that really excites me for Cam Clark, man. Cam Clark is back off IR. The rookie we drafted, who was a captain, left tackle. Obviously, our left tackle is, you know, solidified. Uh, so if we could put him at left guard uh, with, you know, Alex Lewis hurt this week or a right tackle, which Adoga was just god awful. And honestly, we can't stop a nosebleed on the right side. So I'm really hoping that Cam Clark uh, comes and does something uh, for this O-line as well. I mean, we can't just stop nosebleed at all. You know, we can't we can't do anything on either side. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Yeah, literally. But let's get to this, man. Let's uh, with the trade deadline looming. Let me ask you about your boy, Chris Herndon. What are we gonna do with this guy? Do we cut bait with him? Do we get rid of him? Do we give him another chance with like a real coach? What's the what's the deal? Or like, do we just get rid of him for like a third round pick, fourth round pick, call it a day? What's his contract right now? Uh, Chris Herndon. Well, he's 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 on the he's on the Jets rookie deal. I believe he was drafted three years ago. Three. I'm, I'm pulling up his contract right now. I'm pretty sure he was drafted three years ago. So that means he has 2021 to be his last year on the rookie deal. Yes. So 2021 is his last year on the rookie deal. So we definitely there's two there's there's the way you got to look at it is like we can't. I mean, cutting him is pointless because. Oh, no. oh yeah, we're not going to cut him. It's either leave him or try to. Get something, some value at this trade deadline as a functioning tight end who is maybe good, not on the Jets, even though he looked bad and he is the one that had the offseason injuries. And he really, everything that's been bad with Herndon has been self inflicted. But he was benched this week. So, like, what's the, what do you think the deal is? So, here's my thing with Herndon, right? Is that you have to, if we're looking at him, he's probably dirt cheap right now as a tight end. What do you think you can get for him? Like probably a fifth rounder max at best, right? Do you think? Do you think that's justified? I what, what round was he even drafted in? That's even the, that's the next question. Well, he was a fourth round pick in 2018. Okay, so he's a fourth round pick. There we go. He's a fourth round pick in 2018. If we think we can get him max for a fifth rounder, but he's shown talent, right? He's shown that he could be that capable tight end. This is just the way I'm going to work through it. He's a fourth rounder. He's shown that he can be a t- capable tight end. Right now, probably the best value we can get is a fifth round for him because he's literally been asked this entire season so far. Sure. I think the thing that you've got to do is you know there's talent in there. you still got to play with him, man, and try to increase that value. Try to get something to show, like, get him on a streak. Feature him. Make him look decent. Increase that value if you want to get off of him. If you don't want to do that, you just want to cut bait, then just keep him around for next year and then maybe try with a new system. If you're going to get rid of him anyway, just go see what happens. You can still trade him next year too. You can trade him before the deadline if people need a tight end. People are going to need tight ends regardless. Like he could be a movable, he can still be a movable asset the following season. I'd say just keep him on for him for keep him on the team until next season and then you can really see what's going to happen. I don't think I I don't think, you know, <clears throat> 
I don't think he's that bad. I don't think he's as bad as we're seeing him right now because he he's shown flashes, man. He's shown flashes with Darnold his first year, making one hand grabs, making cool tight uh, catches. He didn't play uh, last season. There's definitely talent there. I don't know what's why he's in this funk, but he definitely has talent, and you got at least got to raise that value first if you want to do anything. Yeah, and I mean I agree with everything you just said, Alex. And to be honest with you, I think we're in the minority here. Um, which is not a surprise, right? <laughs> um, what, just Twitter wants him off? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it, he, he's looked terrible, right? And anything you can get for someone who looks terrible is not going to pan out and we're going to rebuild the year and it's going to be hard to like re-sign him really next year to like an extension, right? Just like whatever you can get, a future f- fifth or a, a 2022 sixth, which is apparently to Joe Douglas's like money in the bank, you know, maybe is, you know, it will be nice, but... I'm with you, man. I, I, my my thinking on Chris Herndon has completely changed, right? Up until this year, I've given him the, like, the Jets are a dumpster fire. We've not had a position to, like, we haven't put you in a position to succeed. You were injured for whatever reason. Like, you, I just gave him a pass. But all the, self, the self-inflicted wounds of this season really, like, uh, shined a light on the old self-inflicted wounds of, like, being injured because he ran too much and then he had the suspension. And it's just, like, not, you know, it's really not been conducive to, like, being a good football player. So he is one of those guys where maybe a a new scene, you know, a new team would be better for him and he probably would excel there and be way better than he is, which kind of worries me a little bit. And on the other end, I, I mean, I am just not a fan of Ryan Griffin. Um, we gave him so much money as, as what Michael Lombardi reported on his podcast, uh, that was a favor to him. We basically McCagnin like got screwed on that deal. We all know it. Right. And like, okay, great. So we have Ryan Griffin there now we have Wesco and then we have Chris Herndon who's supposed to be the guy on the rookie deal, like making plays. He's not making plays. In my opinion, man, just keep him with Sam. Just keep him there. Like, what do you have to lose at this point? Keeping him at tight end. That future fifth, to me, is not enough value for Chris Herndon specifically. But it's not that a fifth-round pick is not valuable because let me tell you something, man. Avery Williamson, who was, who was basically in, in the same position as McClendon, but where, wherein he's not going to be on the Jets next year. He's not going to retire, but he's not going to be on the Jets next year. We all know it. He got it. He was he was a cut candidate this year if it was a normal season with Peanut being signed, uh, C.J. Mosley in there, uh, and all the rookies like Cashman and Hewitt and Luvu. So he was always a candidate to be cut. All this COVID happened. Everybody got injured. He stayed. We restructured his contract based on incentives, and we benched him. Okay, Avery Williamson's gone. Turns out Steelers have a need at linebacker. Like, give me that fifth rounder, man. Like, that is where I could see a fifth rounder in the future being super valuable. Yeah, I can get behind that. Like, we got to move Avery Williams at this point. Look, we had him behind Ogletree for a very long time, which made no sense whatsoever. Look, they clearly don't want him. They clearly want him off this team. If you're going to move him, just move him right now. He's shown that he's still valuable. He can still be used. He can run between the hash. He's a good downhill runner. He can make the tackle. He's not the best coverage uh, linebacker, but he serves a purpose, okay? He, we could definitely get a fifth rounder for him somewhere. And uh, just to clarify on the Ryan, uh, on the, the Griffin signing, that was last year. So this is a Joe Douglas signing. That was a Joe Douglas extension for three years. Yeah, it happened in November. 
Oh, uh, it was? It was Joe Douglas? Yeah, it was Joe Douglas in November last year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to have to fact check that. I believe you. But I I, I, I guess the... the we're really fact-checking Mike Lombardi there because he, he uh, on his podcast, was talking about how uh, that was McCagnan, and I just took his word for it. Uh, well, he, I think he brought, we brought in Griffin under McCagnan, but then he was playing so well at the end of last season that we gave him a, an extension in November, which was like, why are we extending this guy now in November? Um, okay. Okay. Okay, so uh, uh, the, uh, two other guys that are really in the same position as Williamson. Wait, just a note. The the Pittsburgh Steelers are likely going to lose uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. They're probably not going to re-sign him at the end of this year, which would then make them eligible for a compensatory pick, which is a four through seven for the year after. So even if they give us a fifth-round pick for Williamson, they would likely recover that, or even better, a fourth-rounder uh, for Juju once he gets re-signed uh, for big money somewhere. So it's not as it, they don't, you know, they're, they're even though they're going to lose, you know, they are going to get it back. So it really has to be worth it for the Steelers. And with Devin Bush out for the year, it really might be. It's a really nice spot for Williamson to just like jump right in. Um, but for two other guys, how about Jordan Jenkins, who was, I think now he's the longest tenure jet now that McClendon's there. I think Hennessy is right there with him. Uh, Jordan Jenkins, he's, I feel like he's been on this like, forever one-year deal like every year i feel like i'm talking about jordan jenkins on a one-year deal uh outside linebacker rusher um this is the second consecutive uh first year deal for pulio this uh honestly a, a top nickel cornerback in the league like top 10 seriously he's been really 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 good on this horrid jets team he's been really good uh you know in the league like he's he's an asset so i'm really hoping that one of those guys could also go for a future fourth or fifth Look, man, he just had an interception this past game against the Dolphins. Um, and he came out of nowhere, picked off Fitzpatrick, right? Right on the goal line. He's a good nickel, man. He can cover. He He's always in the right position. He's probably our best uh, corner that we've got, sadly, which is who knew it would be your nickel? Um, but, yeah, he definitely has to get moved. There's We don't we only signed him for, what, a one-year extension. Um, not part of the long haul. Like a one-year deal. Like, he was a free agent. He tested the market. I'm just saying that we didn't even want him at the end of the year. We were just like, okay, go ahead, test it. Couldn't find anything. We're just like, all right, cool. We'll take you one year. Obviously, it's not working out. So anything for him would be fantastic. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. It was a re-signing of a. It was re-signing, and even still, like we're since we already have the intention of not bringing him back because clearly, if we really wanted him, we would have done it for a long period of time. Move him. Same thing with Jordan Jenkins. One year deal. Move him. Like these guys. You're not. You're clearly not keeping these guys. We're not going anywhere next season. These guys can go compete somebody somewhere else, and we can get some value for these guys as well. That's why, like, th- there's there's really no one on this team that we can say keep around unless they're super young, unless they're first second year players. You know what I mean? And like like maybe Max third, but most of these guys can go. Except I really want man. I really want Q Will. Those are the only two guys who who got to be the veterans that's got to stay around for the long haul. But even their status is unclear because we have no idea what Joe Douglas has envisioned for this team, right? Well, don't forget, we also have C.J. Mosley and Peanut coming back at linebackers who are real players. Um, And we also have, I mean, the D-line's not the worst thing in the world. John Franklin Myers has been pretty good. Right. Like there are pieces around. And as it stands, Alex, we have 10 picks right now, nine picks. 
with this last uh, Jordan Lewis trade. Uh, we got nine picks this year. Um, I mean, there, there's, there's, there's room for improvement. Um, anything we get for Henry Anderson, who is going to be off the books this year, and McDougal, the safety, who we got from Jamal Adams, who also has been playing well, that would also be fantastic for me. I would, I would have a ball. But I'll tell you the, the player with the highest value on the Jets, where I actually think we actually could make some decent value for, is Jameson Crowder. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Jameson Crowder, he is an, un, like an un, undoubted best player on the Jets, right? Like, no questions asked. Uh, he is a leader on the offense by all accounts. And honestly, he's just such a good football player. And he deserves, like, he was with Washington through all those years. And now he's with the Jets during, like, these tough times. He's just one of those guys, man, I really just want. He, he, he got the bag, right? He got the money. Uh, he just deserves to be in a good situation. And he's, he would thrive. He, he's the perfect third and nine. Just throw it to Jameson, man. Just throw it to him. And he's good to go. Uh, I, my hope, my hope and prayer is that he goes to Baltimore for a fourth round pick. Baltimore. Interesting. I'm, you got to look at, I, like, I, they do need receivers. I think they have Willie Sneed in the slot. I think it, would, it wouldn't necessarily fit. What they're looking for, because what you got Hollywood Brown and who's the other wide receiver on the outside? Um, I can't, I can't remember his name right now. But yeah, I think it's just really uh, their offenses on the pass catchers are just like really Andrews, Brown, and Sneed, and that's why Crowder would like really fulfill that spot for them. Yeah, but Sneed is not an outside guy. You know what I mean? He's not someone you put on the outside. Yeah. Um, Crowder is by far one of the best slot receivers out there. That anyone who needs a slot receiver definitely should come hit the hotline. Call up Joe Douglas. Look, we're we're doing sales right now. You need you need a you need a slot receiver. We got one for you. Call one eight hundred Jets Fire. Uh, yeah. So like we're just just get just come on. We're all we're all right there. We're all right there. Look, I think the best team for Crowder to go to, um, man. You know who like. Teams that need weapons, like, I feel like even though they're not going anywhere, the Texans could make a deal. I don't know if they have anything to, to trade, but... I think they're on the opposite side. I think they're also on the fire sale side. And I th- actually, I think they're going to be getting, like, rid of Will Fuller, which is crazy enough because they're gonna he's going to be making a bunch of money next year. I don't know if they could afford to pay him in a rebuild. So, actually, he's an outside receiver that someone's going to call for, I think. Him and Marvin Jones and Julio Jones are the three big wide receivers I could see uh, making a move around the league. Or you know who else? You can look at the Packers. The Packers need some help right now with their injuries. Um, I mean, you don't have Lazard right now. Uh, I think Devonta Adams is back, and Marquez Valdez Gantling. He's he's okay. He's you know, great in Green Bay. Yo, you you kidding me? Aaron Rodgers would be checking for him every single day within the five to ten yard range. Another, I think another area that can. I think another area would be the Tennessee Titans. They don't really have an under guy. They got they got tight end. They got guys on the outside. But I think, oh, they got actually no. They got Adam Humphreys. I forgot they have Adam Humphreys. So they're set right there too. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not those are those aren't bad. Um, but yeah, those are that's. I mean, I got I got uh, made fun of a little bit for uh, like doing too much of a deep dive into uh, the college football draft because I love college football. Probably because the Jets, um, they make me I follow the draft midway through the season every year. 
So I mean, I'm already, I'm already, in, I'm already deep, deep diving into the guards for next year. Uh, so I, I'm ready for the off season, man. Week seven, I'm ready for the off season. Week seven, already ready for the off season. There's nothing really to look forward to. It's just like what? I mean, looking at this team, right? What did we see? We saw nothing on offense. Like literally nothing on offense. The only three good takeaways from this past game was Marcus May, Pulio, and Brandon Mann. He's our best tackler. Really it. I mean, if uh, people love to go back and call us out and call everyone out for being wrong, like uh, at Old Takes Exposed. But I really encourage you to go back and tell us that we told you Brandon Mann is going to be the most important player on this Jets team and likely our best player. I, and even though we got our wins and losses completely wrong and we were completely wrong about where the Jets were going, we hit the nail right on the head with Brandon Mann, who is the best punter, the best tackler, and honestly, he's, he's, he is the most important player on our team, changing up the field at least. For sure. He is. Dude, look, uh, what's his name? Uh, number 19 on the Dolphins. He almost went off for a big one. If it wasn't for Brandon Mann, we would be looking at a, uh, at a lopsided – not that it wasn't a lopsided game, but it was a, been a worse lopsided game. But I get, like, it's just tough, man. Like, look, we just looked at this game and Flacco can't even move the ball. Clearly something's wrong with the offense. He's like running for his life. You got – there was no third down conversion until the fourth quarter. None. Dude, that was so tough. And then, like, as soon as it happened and the announced, like, I was – because the NFL put only two 4 o'clock games and the, it was such a blowout between uh, Tampa and Green Bay, I mean, I might as well have watched a blowout for the Jets. You know what I mean? And I was watching that entire game uh, and I was, you know, getting ridiculed back and forth. And I was paying attention to those third downs. But the second the announcers talked about it, man, it just beca- – it just, like – it just, like – <laughs> went around the league, around social media, around like every single TV screen I had, like wildfire. Oh, the Jets can't get their down. What a dumpster! F- like, it's crazy, dude. It's dude, crazy. but it just says everything because we have to have this guy that's like an offensive guru. Look, this guy's supposed to be planning, right? We we went out, got Joe Flacco because we could not deal with another Luke Falk, David Fail situation, and it didn't. Nothing changed. Nothing absolutely changed. We still can't win without Sam Darnold, and then. The last thing, last thing I guess got to say, because like this game is just completely mind-boggling to me, and then we can move on from this. Why the hell do we have Gorin in the fourth quarter? Let little Michael P. Ryan just do something. And the last thing, like Ty Johnson, biggest run of the game, and then we give him three touches, and we're just like, nope, no, 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 woo. Season, sir. Not of the of the season for the Jets, bro. We have Le'Veon Bell on the Jets. We have Frank Gore on the Jets. We have all these guys. Ty Johnson, that's our biggest run. Yeah, biggest run. Biggest, and, and after that, he didn't get any more touches that game. Amazing. Pinnacle of this season. Pinnacle. That's all I got to say. That's all I want to say about this game, just because I had to get that off my chest. Yeah, man, it's a sad state of affairs. And honestly, I, I really, no inside information, didn't read anything on this. It just feels like when that happens, there's pettiness involved. Because, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you why I, I'm making this hypothesis, right? Like where I'm getting this from. Remember when Jamal Adams, right? He 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 got benched last year uh, for three plays at the end of a game, and he freaked out about it. That was about pettiness, not from not from 33, but from Greg Williams, right? Obviously, Le- Le'Veon Bell liked something on Twitter, 
Adam Gase has a fit, freaks out, like probably ran up to the office with his hat all the way down and like started freaking out about how you have to get Levy, like rid of Le'Veon Bell, probably crying in Chris Johnson's office, right? Because obviously he has some something on them, right? But the epitome of pettiness, man, the epitome of, of a child's play, how in the CBS, pre, uh, in the CBS pregame of the 4 o'clock, there's nothing else going on in the league. I turn on the, I go from red zone to the Jets game, and what do I see? Greg Williams and Adam Gase screaming at each other, bickering. That's what I'm looking at before the kickoff of the Jets game at four o'clock. Can the, we? Honestly, it was egregious, dude. I, I I couldn't believe what I was watching. I'm like, the game's about to start. Like I'm sitting down. I'm like, all right, like we're, we're getting ready. Gase and my head coach slash offensive coordinator genius and my my defensive guru who teams can't wait to for them to be the head coach including our team please let's make this guy the head coach rats out Vilma for for whatever wanted to hit Favre like this this guy stinks dude he stinks like I, I why because he won four games with the Browns like he stinks and they're bickering at each other before the game starts. If I just saw, if I wish I could have just saw that clip and bet my life on the other team, like just like bet my life on the other team, because there's no way I would even trust them to like get me a gallon of milk from the grocery store. Forget like running my whole team and now like doing a full four quarters for my squad. Unreal. They're at work, dude. Unreal. They're working, literally working. It's crazy. (laughs) Dude, it is. That is the epitome. That is all. Actually, that is the epitome of the season. Like, it's us. I feel like Greg Williams, like, making slide remarks is everyone, like, on social media talking about the Jets. And then Adam Gase is Chris Johnson just be like, I'm making the good decision. It's just, that's really what it is. And I can't, I can't, like, seeing that is just hysterical. But you know what also is hysterical? And we'll, I just can't, I just cannot get over the videos I sent to you today. Uh, on practice that's practice i like i i do not want to i don't even want to know what the hell's going on at practice bro that's the tackling drill that tackle i cannot that can't get behind that tackling drill they're like jumping into each other before even the tackle and then on top of that what the hell was sam darnold and joe flacco doing what is that even getting ready for i have no idea what is going on that's what i'm saying man like like there's this whole I guess heap of garbage of hot smelly garbage that was fed to us when the Jets forced Greg Williams as defensive coordinator to whoever the head coach was going to be. The only dummy dumb enough to take that was Adam Gase. Right. And we were fed this garbage about how, how the practices are going to be so intense and it's going to be crazy and they're going to one up each other. And they were right about that, man. They were right. (laughs) They are one upping each other at practice. But I really did not realize that this was what it was going to be, man. Like, okay, let's do this defensive drill, like hugging each other in, in like a – where the running back is jumping first, right? Like the, the ball carrier was jumping into the defender. Like that's that's how we're ready for a tackle. And then on the other hand, we have Joe Flacco teaching Sam Darnold how to fall. Like is that what's happening? I had to like trip and, and not – had to, had to stumble and not fall and keep control of the ball. Is that the drill? Like I just want to – I just want to make sure I'm – I want to be a football guy. That, that looks like the drill. I can tell you this. I played football for four years in high school. Never in my life have I ever, ever, ever seen a quarterback do that drill. Secondly, tackling drills? Like, look, I get that there's not supposed to be a lot of contact, but you're running through the dude. No one – like, 
please tell me when someone's just jumping into the air and you're like, like doing like a ballet move. This is ridiculous, bro. Just like keep your head down, put the head between the football, try to punch it out with your helmet. Something. I not. It's not even that. I don't even know what the hell this is. Like I'm. If that's if this is the practice that Adam Gase is like preaching about, I do not even want to see the remainder of the week. I just don't. I. Just seeing that alone, if he comes out and says we've been having good practices, I'm going to be like, stop lying to us. You stop it right there. You stop lying to us. This is terrible. This is not good practice. I am actually ready to move my freaking savings against the Jets this weekend for the Bills to just annihilate us after seeing that practice. There's no way possible you can get – there's no way possible you can convince me we're going to come out even be somewhat competent against this game, against this team in this game. Yeah, man, that, that's obviously why you never made it, though. That's obviously why you never made it out of high school, because you weren't doing these drills, dude. You weren't doing these drills. That's why. I clearly should <laughs> doing something more, man, you know? I, yeah, dude. Something more. <laughs> it's crazy. And, and I mean, we'll, 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 we'll finish getting off on uh, the, our genius uh, coordinator coaches. But, wow, just like coming out after uh, Jamal Adams got traded and, and saying how bored he's going to be in Seattle – and then, like, this is – what is he bored of? Like, he, he misses these practices? I cannot ima- – the one thing, right, I just wish I can get Jamal Adams, you know, on the, on the podcast or just, like, have a conversation with him. I just want to know what his genuine thoughts were or his actual face when he attended the first practice for the Seattle Seahawks. I, re- I, re- I wish I was there, man. Like, he must have been – in a whole different plan. He must have forgot what football was, right? He was at LSU, which is like the elite football, right? And then all of a sudden, he went to the Jets. He's like, okay, I guess this is how the NFL is. I guess this is how the NFL is. And then he went to Seattle. I cannot imagine how those practices were. Like a super rah-rah guy. You know, he went from Bowles to Greg Williams, and now he gets his boy in Pete Carroll. So, honestly, shout out to whoever is able to get rid of the poison that is the New York Jets. Like I really, I envy everyone. Like we're sitting here, Alex on his birthday, talking about the Jets and watching film, right? Like it's a, it's something that we can't, we can't shed this, right? We even have our producer, Ricey, right? As a, as a Jets fan now, we we have to like profusely apologize to him for, uh, for making him uh, subjected to this. Bro, like, Ricey, we're sorry, man. We told you this at the beginning of the season. He's like, hey, man, uh, I think, like, you guys got me interested in the Jets. And he's a Giants fan. So he's like, yeah, man, I'm going to be interested in the Jets. And and see, and just follow and see what's going on. He was watching, what game was it? Oh, my God. It was like, I think it was against the Cardinals or something like that. And he just saw the pass to Herndon. And he's like, just catch the ball. I'm just like, bro, it, you're just, just re- get ready for disappointment. It is just disappointment central. We have not been good since Rex Ryan like really been good since Rex Ryan. Like we had that one year with Bowles, uh, with Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker, where they both got over a thousand receiving yards. Fitz Magic was on that uh, tear, except for that, for that two, for the two interceptions, two times, not one, two times, as you always say against the Buffalo Bills. Um, look, it, it's just we. There's been nothing. There's been nothing to like write home about about this team. But hopefully that changes. Joe Douglas is making moves. He's making trades. We're trying to get something ready for the future. He's here. For, he's got a six-year contract. He's going to have time to be doing something. So this is this is the beginning of the process. All right? This is the beginning of the process. So far, it's, you know, draft went pretty went pretty well. You know, Ryan Griffin, Ryan Griffin signing, meh. You know, look, winning go of Robbie Anderson, not looking too good because he's leading the league in, uh, in, rece- in, reception, in receiving yards right now, which is just... 
you know, I wrote about this for Empire Rights Back, New York, uh, the New York sports page. I said we should just pay Robbie Anderson consistency. This man's missed one game out of three seasons they've been with us. We at least have a baseline of knowing what he is. No, just just let him walk. Let him walk. It's like why? And he took less money. Dude, so it's like a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag. We can say we, this really is going to be the, the turning point of what Joe Douglas can do. And this we're, this is like seriously where the evaluation comes in. This is really where the evaluation starts to begin. So far, it's still undetermined of like how we can grade them. But just being real, like it's 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 average. Like to me, it's average. He's got to do a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, I like his draft pick so far. They, they, they've been looking okay as far as draft of the Jets. Yeah. Um, yeah. His, his, his signings haven't been fantastic. Uh Case in point, Ryan Caleb. Dude, that's it's all I'm saying. Like, look, I'm not I'm not trying to tarnish the dude. It's I'm not saying he's like the worst guy out here. All right, this is no John Idzik. This is no John Idzik out here, man. He's he is literally the best thing that the Jets have because one thing Lombardi did go into and uh, pretty extensively, the Jets use use coaching hire firms. Man, they literally go to firms and they're like, "Yo, who should we hire? Uh, why you know?" And let us know. Put in the good word for us. Like they're they're not. Like every like, they are less of a franchise than other people. Like they are less of a franchise. First of all, I didn't know that. And are you telling me that they used a firm to hire Adam Gase? Uh, I'm pretty sure they used a firm to hire McCagnin, and then I'm pretty sure McCagnin also used a firm to hire Gase. What is going on here? Yeah, I'm. 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 I'm pretty sure that's what uh, Lombardi was saying. I mean, he said a couple of teams, you know, do do that. We're not by ourselves. I'm sure. Um, seems to do that, and that's why that's why there's that like little mini revolving door. And I'm sure this is not just exclusive to the NFL. That's why you have like the the NBA coaches and assistant coaches that you know do the carousel, and the MLB managers who kind like you know who kind of like go around the league. But it's kind of egregious, man. The whole like let's keep Greg Williams at D coordinator and find someone who's gonna anyone who's gonna take the head coach an offensive coordinator and the only guy who would raise his hand was Gase and Peyton Manning said it was cool. I'm sure the firm called him and he gets kickbacks. You know what I mean? Like that's all insane, dude. I I, I could not believe those, those things. So I, I'm so happy that we have an adult in the room, a grown up, and Joe Douglas. And like you, his evaluation, his clock starts ticking right now, right now. It really is like literally right now. So for the bills game, for the, Get right Bills game. Oh, for the Bills, yes. <laughs> two weeks off. Two weeks, terrible games. They need a get right game for MVP Josh Allen. He needs to get back to his ways. They need to stop the run. They are going to absolutely blow us out of the water. Oh, it's going to be worse than what we expected week one. This is going to be horrendous. Horrendous. Look, what was it? Uh, I, so <laughs> on the last pod, I said we'd be lucky to get one touchdown. We were not even lucky to get a touchdown. Uh, I'm going to put that same energy out there, man. Bro, they couldn't cover 16 and a half for me. 16 and a half. I just needed like, I was like, oh, if they like by accident get a touchdown, a couple field goals for Ficken, who's been okay. Like we'll cover 16 and a half, bro. A donut. 24 to donut. It's, this is the, dude. Offensive guru. That's all I got to say. Okay, but who do you want? Who do you? I, I understand, but let's give let's give the fans and honestly, me and you. Like, who are you who are you looking at this week? I know we have um, 
Bryce Hall, or one of our cornerbacks in the practice squad, finally off IR. We have Cam Clark, who I'm not sure if he's going to play yet because uh, it's still early, uh, but he's back. We have a couple wide receivers uh, kind of getting healthy. Uh, the Smiths are there. Who, who are you looking at? I'm kind of looking for a get-right game for Herndon, honestly. I think he had a punishment last game. I'm, I'm really looking for a get-right for Herndon this week. Herndon is definitely one of the guys that I have on my list to hopefully have a get-right game. Also looking for uh, Marcus May to continue to take it up a notch. They put him back in the center field. They moved him out of the Jamal Adams slot. He did really well week one in that slot against the Bills, but he's really better as a center fielder. And McDougal, he did pretty well. I'm looking for him to continue to move it up as well. Uh, other than that, hoping to see more stuff out of Q Will on the defensive end. Honestly, man, there's not really much who I'm really like looking into. I'm looking at the young guys that we want to keep around, right? Like even McDougal, like I'm only looking at him because now he's back in his position. I want to see how they do as a tandem out there. Uh, but really, it's probably going to be just May, Q Will that I'm looking at to evaluate Herndon because those are the guys that we. You know, we see going to be around for next year and Q will. Those are really the guys I want to see just continuously play well. That way we at least know we have something. Yeah, and I think Sam will be there in there too. I think 14 will be uh, leading the troops. I think I'm done. Uh, I think I'm done with Flacco. I don't think I ever need to see him in uh, a jersey again. I am right there with you. I did not. A CFL jersey, doesn't it? Or like an arena football league for some reason. When he's in that Jets jersey, it just looks like an arena football league jersey. Bro, I mean, look, Joe Flacco's been at but in general. Hey, look, man, Joe Flacco's been on the decline after he won the Super Bowl. I honestly don't even know what happened, dude. It's like after he won the Super Bowl, it just went down. It, like it wasn't even like it wasn't even like uh like a steady decline. It was just straight plummet. I that was just wild. So happens when you get paid, dog. So happens when you get paid. <laughs> he earned it. He got it. He got them a Super Bowl. He did it. He did it. That's it. That's all you can say. Yeah, he got them a ring. He got them a ring. But yeah, that about wraps it up for really like the Jets mentality. Uh, Joe Douglas, where he's going with this. Gase is the perfect man. Let him and Greg Williams drive this thing all the way into the ground. Uh, let's get that first pick. And uh, hey, man, for et cetera, let's 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 get into it, dude. Alex, introduce us, dude. Like I I I I want that first pick, but I don't know if I want Trevor Lawrence, man. Help me out. So here we go. Easy. To the welcome to the et cetera portion of this podcast. Let's get into this Trevor Lawrence talk right now. This is the we're still going really hard for the Jets, so don't expect anything a little too different. But we have to focus on college football. We know that Trevor Lawrence has you know, verbally expressed he's going to enter the draft. Nothing has been official yet until the end of the season, until he gets an agent and all those things come start flying in. But the question is, because the Jets currently right now, if the season were to end today, we're the only winless team, meaning we get the first overall pick. And if we get the first overall pick, we have a decision to make. Are we taking Trevor Lawrence or are we trading it for a King's Ransom? What do you feel, John? Man, so to start to start this whole thing off, like getting the first, being winless, that really hurts, man. I, I really hope we win one game and also get the last pick of the draft. Like I, I really just don't want to go into Canton, right, with the with the Lions and the Tampa Bay. Like I, I really don't. I, I, I hear you, bro. And and just before I let, let you keep going on. If we did get the first overall pick, this would be the second, uh, not the second. I don't know how many times we wouldn't. This would be the first time we've had this first overall pick since 
Peyton Manning, I believe, was entering the draft. And guess what happened? Peyton Manning chose to stay in school and it came out the following year. I, I, I mean, I, I can't say this. I can't say this anymore. There's, I hate Peyton Manning. And there's nobody that fell off such a cliff for me than Peyton Manning. I love this guy, especially, like, I mean, still, like, I love the way he plays. I loved Peyton Manning, especially because he was going against Tom. So he was something for me to hang on. But the fact that he has put Gase on our head, right? He's the guy that beat us. Uh, he was he really stopped us from going to the Super Bowl a couple of times as well. We were up at halftime that one game. I'll never forget it. Um, and we did beat him one time, 41-0. <clears throat> and, you know, like, there's something about being the first overall pick and your dad, be, you know, like the whole Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, like choosing teams that like really irks me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I get it. It, bo- it worked out for both of them and, you know, good for them. And like, you know, they did what they had to do and, you know, kudos to their management team. But just something about that privilege of just like, yeah, I know I'm the best quarterback. Yeah, I know my dad's Archie Manning. Yeah, I know I'm the number one pick. No, nah, I'm not going to your team. You know what I mean? Like, you only have 30 lottery tickets. <laughs> so, that like, that that little piece of information kind of bothers me about that. Well, don't forget, uh, that 41-0 wasn't also when uh, we beat them with Sanchez, right? Yeah, so we also beat him, too. Remember the second year, 2010, we beat him. Oh, we beat him. Because they, they kicked us out the year before from that AFC championship. Then we went back, and we did it again. We, we beat them that time. Fortunately, we couldn't beat the Steelers. But keeping on track. Keeping on track. I just want to know. I still remember you, bro. You're my you're my, you're my white horse, bro. I, I, I feel like we cannot get over the Doug Bryan curse. But that's a different story for a different day. Absolutely. But what's also, I just have a question. What does Adam Gase, before we really dive into this uh, quarterback topic, what does Adam Gase have on Peyton Manning that he keeps referring him? I really want to know the dirt that Adam Gase has. On Peyton Manning because there's no way this man is recommending Adam Gase as an offensive guru to every team. It's insane. There's no way. It's insane. No, it's actually insane. Um, but if 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 I just don't see Trevor Lawrence being that guy, okay, I know that Trevor Lawrence is a really good quarterback, right? And that's what he has in common with people like Peyton Manning, right? And I really think the buck stops there. Trevor Lawrence... He is just a different human being. One thing that's like been buried under the league is that like Trevor Lawrence is a really good dude. He is actually a lot like Tim Tebow. And I know that might like that like triggers people. And I know like the media doesn't really love that, but he like really every answer he gives in his press conferences, he talks about God. He talks about Jesus, everything. They ask him about football. He's like, eh, football's second. God's first. Like, stuff like that, like, you know, like, gets to people. And it gets brushed under the rug when you win. Trevor Lawrence has lost one game in his entire career. And that was in the championship. Okay? And he also won a championship. And he was actually – he actually looked really bad in that one game. But, I mean, the guy's been a beast. He, he really – like, if you want a perfect quarterback comparison on the field, to me – I know they wore the same colors, played for the same coach and the same team, but he's really Deshaun Watson. He really plays like Deshaun Watson. He's just the white boy version or kind of Cam Newton. 
Like, he really plays a lot. Like, he's not as big as him, so it's kind of, like, hard to imagine that. But, of course, he's still young. Like, he's going to get there. He's going to fill into his body more. But he really is like Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson's phenomenal. I I wish the Jets had drafted Deshaun Watson. You know what I'm saying? If we did not have Sam Darnold, Trevor Lawrence, like, the idea of having a franchise quarterback would be – I probably wouldn't be able to sleep every night thinking about a Jets loss. Like literally every single night I would be dying for a Jets loss. If we didn't have a franchise quarterback, if we saw like Sanchez and like whatever we're dealing with, man, <laughs> I got, I don't, I don't know if I'd be able to like sleep for one second, but the fact that we have Sam Donald makes me second guess what I would, what I would do if I had the number one pick. Oh my God. I had to mute myself because otherwise we'd be cutting out of John's feed, but I'm dying over here. Not sleeping at night. Don't worry. We've been sleeping not at night for, for many nights when we didn't have Sam Darnold. We were just praying for a franchise quarterback. Then we get a guy who is who has the qualities to be a franchise quarterback. Okay. He does have the Sam Darnold does have the qualities to be a franchise quarterback. Unfortunately, we gave him the wrong guy to get him to that direction. But I hear you, man. And this is kind of what I was saying on the last pod is that, you know, people talk about Trevor Lawrence and I, I, I'm not going to act like I've watched a lot of film on Trevor Lawrence. I've only seen him in the championship. I've only seen him in playoff games. I don't watch college football like that. That is not that's just not who I am. Um, but from what I see of him, right, seeing seeing highlights, seeing those games, it's very impressive. But my thing when it comes back to college quarterbacks is that at that level, yes. I'm expecting you to be impressive if you're going to be a quarterback and coming into the draft and if you hold that type of name. We, look, we had that name with Cam Newton. As you said, you had it with uh, Deshaun Watson. You had, you had it with um, – we've had it with so many guys. We've had it with so many guys who were good in college that come in and how far have they made it so far? Andrew Luck was the same way. Andrew Luck retired. You know what I mean? Like, and Andrew Luck was a phenomenal quarterback like for while he was playing. These guys come in with a lot of talent, and it takes more than just the quarterback to win. The quarterback stabilizes the, the team. It, it at least gives you something to work around. But you also have to fill in those other pieces so that way that quarterback can succeed, which is what we're seeing with Darnold. And if we just take Trevor Lawrence, are you like, I'm not I, like, we ha- that's so much rebuilding we have to do at this point to even get him to be uh, a good player. And I don't like it. Do could we just get more value just by trading that first overall pick? Let another team take him, and then really just build around Sam because I think Sam still has it. Um, I don't know. It's it's a difficult t- conversation. I lean more so more towards keeping Darnold. I'm sixty forty keeping Sam Darnold because I think there's still something in Darnold that we see through those games. You know, I I think he just needs someone to help him be consistent, and that's something they had in reports is that he needed a coach. He needed to go to a system that was gonna help him develop, that it was help going to help him grow and work through these like flaws of whether it's turnover, setting the feet, uh, being able to turn the hips and look in the direction and figuring it out and doing his reads properly. At the same time, we also haven't given him a line to work behind. We also haven't given him an offensive mind to really work with. And even when he was playing, when that 6-2 and two run, right, he looked fine. Like Even though it was against bad teams, he looked fine. He has it in him. We just need to give him something to work with. We haven't given him anything to work with. But I think I'd rather give him more to work with than take Trevor Lawrence and not have that much capital build around Trevor Lawrence. And we also got to think about the window too, right? That's yeah. that's all I'm thinking about. Yeah. So let, yeah, I mean, I'm with you, dude. So you, you let let's uh, let's try to parse it out. So let's take the easy route, right? So right now, before the getting rid of the seventh rounder this year for a sixth rounder next year, 
we had the, I don't know how much that's really going to affect this, but we had the highest value of draft picks coming into this coming draft due to the Sam, due to the Jamal Adams trade, right? So going into it, we had the highest value. Great. And we're the worst team. That's probably why it's the highest value. So we have a bunch and it's the highest value. We get the number one pick. Obvious choice. Take Trevor Lawrence. You still have another first round pick at the end from Seattle. Probably going to be like a bottom four or five pick. No problem. You know what I'm saying? Like, just continue on. Keep it moving. You got your quarterback. We'll trade Sam Darnold. This is where this is where it kills me inside. But let's just say we got Trevor Lawrence. We're not going to keep Sam Darnold there. You're going to trade him for a second round pick or something maximum to the Indianapolis Colts, which is going to kill me inside because we I mean, that means that we gave we basically gave the Colts Sam Darnold, Quentin Wilson, uh, their safety. Like we gave him everybody. And we're just like, here you go, here you go, here you go, here you go. Like, we're like their farm system. So, like, that and, – and, and, and to be honest with you, he's a perfect – when I tell you perfect fit, Sam Darnold is the perfect fit in Indianapolis because his floor is Phillip Rivers and his ceiling is Andrew Luck. And, and it's so obvious. Like, and those, those have always been the two guys I've compared him to. And he – like, that, he, throw him into Indy. That team is going like it's literally clockwork, and uh, uh, and it's gonna be all from from the Jets, which drives me nuts. Right? I, I I don't think it will really hinder the Jets mu- as much. I think we could like move on. We can rebuild. It's gonna be a slow rebuild. And on the time situation, like you said, Trevor Lawrence in two three years will develop just as Deshaun Watson developed in two three years. With the whole new squad, you know, with all these young guys from last year, this year, next year, and oh, the whole timeline would be the same. So, like on that scenario, I, I, I see the positives for the Jets, I, and I see, I, I, it kills me to trade Donald and like help uh, an AFC foe like the Indianapolis Colts, who we're gonna end up seeing in the playoffs if we're any good. Like, what do you, what do you say to that first scenario? That scenario, I mean, that'd be just that. Honestly, the farm system had me dying. Status quo, like that's that's what like that's what like if I close my eyes, like you know, like just sim it through, like that's what should happen, right? Like yeah, and the thing is, like with Frank Reich, Frank Reich is a good head coach. Look, he, we saw what he did with the Philadelphia Eagles. He was one of the re- main reasons they won that Super Bowl with Nick Foles. He's very creative offensively. If Darnold goes to the Colts, he will strive. Look, they they fully revamped. They, look, they started working on the line. They started doing all those things. You know, they have some. Ta- they have talent. Philip Rivers is not necessarily getting it done with all of them. But you got T.Y. Hilton. You got uh, Pittman Jr. You got all these guys over there. You got weapons for him. So if that was to happen, I'd be really annoyed because Sam's just going into a... He, it's light years ahead of what we have right now over here uh, for the green and white. Gang Trevor Lawrence, I wouldn't like... I'm I'm not gonna be mad. Like we're we're getting a, we're getting a guy who's a stud, right? Like I can't be be like, oh, why do we do this? It's just do we like it's it sounds good. It sounds good to grow with him. The thing is, like the quarterback is theoretically a quarterback can last for a very long time if they're really that good, right? Like they go into their mid thirties if like they're fine. Like Fitzpatrick, I'm not saying Fitzpatrick is like anything to measure your standards off of, but he's 36 years old still playing. You know what I mean? Philip Rivers, 30 some odd years old still playing. Tom Brady's in his 40s still playing. Aaron Rodgers. Wait until his 30s still playing. So, or mid 30s still playing. So, 
it's it, it, the the age is not necessarily like the biggest concern, but it definitely would help if he's just like that young working with everybody. Okay. So the second scenario, okay, is let's say the the Jets miraculously do the right thing and complete their tank, okay, and we get the first round pick. But we believe in Sam Darnold. Joe Douglas f- wants to fulfill the promise to uh, Darnold's parents, right, that we all can't get over. That's a nice theater for all to get over. Oh, look, the, the Jets even lied to your parents. Like, it, it doesn't stop when it comes to uh, the Jets and being the butt of the joke. But, man, oh, man, if they have the first pick and Jacksonville Jaguars, that's right, the Jacksonville Jaguars are also in the top five, I think it's inevitable, completely inevitable that we're going to trade with them because honestly, man, taking a little gander at the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think that they are going to trade for Trevor Lawrence, regardless of whoever gets that number one pick. I really think that it's, I really think that Trevor Lawrence is going to be a Jacksonville Jaguar, no matter who is the number one pick. And let me tell you why Jamal, Jamal Adams got a couple picks. Okay. And he is a player, and everybody consensus says that a pick is worth more before you draft it, especially when it's a somebody like Trevor Lawrence who just threw five touchdowns against Georgia Tech, and everybody sees the word Georgia and Georgia Tech and thinks they're a real team. Great, right? He, he, they scored 73 points. Unbelievable. Broke records for the ACC. He's going to Jacksonville, man. He's going number one, and he's going to Jacksonville. Jacksonville has two first-rounders this year has two second-rounders this year because of the Jalen Ramsey trade, and then has a first-rounder next year and a first-rounder next year, a second-rounder next year. If the Jacksonville Jaguars give us their top-five pick, right, to move up to number one, give us their back-end Rams pick, which they got for the Jalen Ramsey trade, give us their second-rounder this year, give us their first-rounder next year, so they'll have one draft pick This year, the number one for Trevor Lawrence, the number one pick of the overall draft, the best player, overall consensus in the country. They'll have their normal top five second round pick. And then they're going to get rid of next year's first round and next year's second round. So that'll net the Jets another first rounder next year on top of the Jamal Adams and their own and another second rounder. The The Jets will be drafting almost 10 players in the top 35 in two years if the records hold out. That prospect to me with a Sam Darnold, again, don't forget, Sam Darnold hasn't been that great. We can pay him Nick Foles money, which is kind of mediocre, right? We don't have to pay, you know, Sam Darnold, Pat Mahomes money. And that's what everyone's so scared of, right? We got to pay Darnold. We got to extend Darnold. Who cares? Let's extend him. Let's pay him. Like, it's not, he's not going to break the bank, right? He hasn't been amazing. Maybe that's a little bit of our fault. All right. So, what? So, a franchise quarterback, 10 players in the top 35 from a guy who's loving sixth rounders right now, like, can't wait to drive six rounders. Like, sign me up, dude. Sign me up for that. Like, I, and that's really where, that's really where the Jets could really make a splash. Don't forget, man. They traded with Leo Williams. They fleeced the Giants, Joe Douglas. We've never made a trade with the Giants, and we fleeced them. Like, we fleeced them on that one. Uh, And we made two bargain deals already this year. The guy knows what he's doing on the trade market. That's for sure. He does know what he's doing on the trade market. We've gotten value 
and he's shown that he can draft, right? So far, his draft picks have turned out they're injured. You know what? Different season, COVID, not no preseason, OTAs was different. A lot of things were different. We can't really, this is just, this is an anomaly of a year, all right, with uh, injuries. We just see it around the league. So it's nothing that, it's not his fault. It's literally just not getting, um, it's just not getting enough reps. But I do like that trade. I do like keeping Darnold on getting that type of haul because within that time then, you can actually build a line. You can you can get guys and build a line for Darnold. You can get wide receivers for Darnold. You can get a decent running back in the third round for Darnold. You can do all those things then. I like that. I like that move because with Trevor Lawrence, then we're just playing. We're waiting then. We're waiting for a rebuild by the third year that we got to see, you know, for the first two years with Trevor Lawrence, it's going to be horrendous. Like what we're seeing right now, like we're probably winning four or five games with Trevor Lawrence that time because we're still building. And then by the third year, you hope that we get somewhere between seven to nine wins and we show that we're moving in the right direction. With Sam, we see that we can win at least seven games. We saw that. We legit saw that. We saw that we could win seven games minimum with this kid, right? So if we see that we can legit win at at minimum seven games with this kid, what could we do if we gave him some some talent too? And he won seven games without any talent last year, right? No talent whatsoever. Let's get the kids. P.S. And Adam Gase, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and Adam Gase. And look, even before that, like, he still won some games. Like, we know the kid can play at the NFL level. You just don't fall into winning games, right? You just, it, it, there's no one that just falls into winning games. Um, you do that, you build around him, you get him the, you get him the support that he needs. He's still going to be, what, like 20-some-odd years old? He's not even, even hitting his prime yet. Like, legit not even hitting his prime. And playing for a position that literally can last for a long time, if you get a lot of protection... If you're on top of your game, if you're sharp, if you really want to compete, he can be around for a long time. He really can. And he's got the build. Look at, look at Ben Roethlisberger. That's someone that you like to compare Donald to based on his build, right? And not saying like he's husky like Big Ben, but he can take a hit. He took a hit. Look, he, he hurt his shoulder, right? And he came back out and played. That's tough. That kid, The kid's got grit. So I like, that. I like the next. I like that one with Jacksonville. Please, get a haul. Build around this kid. Look, Beckton is Beckton is solid. We yet to, we've yet to see Mims, yet to see everybody else. But yeah, Cam Clark, Ashton Davis. We got a Q Will and Franklin Myers on the line. We got CJ Mosley and Pina coming back. We got we have a real punter. I mean, we, Sam Ficken hasn't been looking terrible. Like those are solid pieces on a team. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it's not like it's bare. You know what I mean? It's not a. It, it's that, it, it, we are. It's. Marcus May is not enough, but it's something. There's things there. You know what I mean? We do. Ha- we have something. I'm not going to say we have a true foundation, but we have something to move it forward. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Seven first-round picks and three second-round picks in the next two years would ch- would would be life-changing, man. It, it, honestly, I, I know. I know. you're gonna. The first thing someone if, when someone hears that, they're going to say, like the Ricky Williams trade in 99, which, which netted nine picks. You know what I mean? Uh, two first, two thirds, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, a seventh. He only moved up to number five, and that was for a running back. And it was Ricky Williams. Like, this is for the first round pick, Trevor Lawrence. Like, from now on, uh, bring the hype. Yeah, yeah, better than Sam Darnold. No problem. Like, I, I honestly, at this point, Joe Douglas is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The man. Like, he's, I, I think in the back of his head, he knows he's got Sam Darnold good to go. I'm going to trade that number one. 
Yeah, like keep going. Like like hype it up. Please. Yeah, let's keep walk the title. Please. Hype up Trevor Lawrence. Please. Let the Jags fall to the fifth. Let the Jets miraculously get it. Let us trade back. Give us the hall of picks. And let's do this. Let's do this right. And then that really speeds up the process. Instead of waiting then, instead of waiting for another three, four years to see what we get with Lawrence, guess what? That ch- that time frame changes immensely. It just does. You're talking about two years because there's some guys that can just like, that can come in game ready. Look at Becton. We get, we can, the first round pick is supposed to be game ready. Second round pick is supposed to be game ready. Third round. If you hit the third round like a running back, solid. But yo, I like that idea. I like that trade. Let's hope for it. Let's pray for it. Because guess what? That's the end of this podcast right now. So we're gonna quote. We're gonna end it out right there uh, on uh, John's two trade ideas. Everyone out there, if you're a Jets fan, please pray for that Jacksonville getting the fifth slot and the Jets getting the first slot because we got to trade back and build around Sam Darnold. Things can change, but that's what we're hoping for right now. So. Once again, thank you for tuning in and listening to the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast that closes this Jets episode. Uh, please remember to like, share, and subscribe. Tell everyone that you know about this. Put it on flyers around the streets. Stick, get a get a staple and put it on the light, uh, the, the the telephone poles outside. Do something. Let everyone know, man. Let everybody know. John, you got anything else to say before we out of here? No, nah, man. Just uh, embrace the tank. Let's go, Jets. Embrace the tank. The tank commander that is Adam Gase is going to lead us to the first overall pick. Yes. I love that. Get him the boots. Get him the boots. The tank commander. All right, everyone. Later.